Welcome to Dudes All Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're discussing 1987's Wall Street, directed by Oliver Stone, starring Michael Douglas and Charlie Sheen. But before we do that, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? Um, I watched a short documentary by Martin Scorsese called Italian American. Um, it's, it's on HBO Max right now, and if you have 50 minutes, just you know sit down and check it out. It's it's just an interview with his parents. Oh, in their like you know, in their apartment in in New York, and it's that you know they they got like a big Davenport with the plastic on it, uh-huh. and and just great people <laughs> who are just so interesting to hear. I mean, you you could you if it's only fifty minutes, like I said, but if you if they stretched out to three hours, I'd still watch it because it's just great to spend time with these you know interesting folks. Yeah. Now, know? when was that released? I think in seventy four. Oh, it's from back then. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that's really interesting. Yes. It's just so cool. I mean, like they're, you know, at one point, you know, Catherine is cooking, you know, and, uh-huh. and she, you know, she's, she's getting her sauce ready. And like, I don't know. It, it, it just felt so lived in and, and. Did it give you uh, some Goodfellas vibes? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Because like his dad, I think he's one of the guys who kills Joe Pesci. Uh-huh. Like him and Tootie are the guys who who, yeah. who kill Tommy at the end, <laughs> and so you know just to see him again was awesome. That's cool. Yeah, and his mom, of course. You yes. Know. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's awesome. So what was that called again? Italian American. Okay, excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have time this week to watch a movie, but I'm. It's something I watched a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say something about it. Uh, Rambo three from 1988. All right. I kind of spewed at you off mic yeah. the other other week, but uh, what a pile of hot garbage! <laughs> you almost did a spit take on that. Yeah, he was drinking some water, folks. Um, I never thought I could yawn through so much action. Holy shit! Dude, this movie yeah. plods along. The story's not interesting. The set pieces are boring as sin. I mean, you got horses and tanks and helicopters. <sighs> missiles guns and it was so uninteresting i don't know how you do this this is a feat of movie making to have rambo on horseback throwing molotov cocktails at you know russian tanks yeah in the desert and i could give no flying fucks about it somehow it's not interesting yes you know i was watching it with my 13 year old son and he <laughs> he was ready to go do something else like holy shit you know, you can't hold the interest of of a of a a thirteen year old uh, yeah. boy. I mean, come on, yeah, Ugh. yeah. I mean, it does have one of the most insane deaths kills in like cinema history. The guy in the chasm. Yes. Yeah. Rambo like pulls a grenade off a guy's chest, wraps a rope around his neck, and kicks him down a like a hole. <laughs> so what happens is the rope, you know, hangs the guy, snaps his neck, and then the grenade explodes midair, yeah. and his chunks just go everywhere, like. That's insanity. Yeah, it is the only cool part of this movie, right? And and it, but it's it's definitely not worth seeing the movie just for that. You can probably just watch that on YouTube no. or just Google some clips, whatever. Don't, don't waste your hundred minutes or however long this movie yes. is. Yeah, yes. YouTube that clip and you're good to go. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, Dave. So now let's talk about Wall Street. Why don't you give everyone a synopsis? All right. So um, yeah. So this is Oliver Stone's. A uh, story of a young stockbroker, Bud Fox, whose hero worship of a corporate raider named uh, Gordon Gecko leads him to start um, making a lot of questionable choices in his pursuit of wealth. 
Um, he essentially just goes against his better judgment in every possible way so that he can be like his idol, and that's what we're going to break down. Yeah. Might not be making the best choices here, right. Bud Fox. And he knows it, too, yeah. which is what these cautionary tales, you know, it's all about. Right. <laughs> right. And it's weird, too, because as he's making, as he, as he kind of starts, when he first agrees to, like, be Gordon's man, mm-hmm. like, he looks like he has, he's a little reticent about it. But yeah. as he goes along, he gets more and more smug. You know, until oh the ru- I mean, just like like when he's talking with James Spader, it's just like, oh, dude, man, yeah, like because at that point he's he's imitating Gecko. Oh like, yeah, he even the way he holds himself, like he looks like Gecko. Like yep, and that's the whole point of it. Yeah, he's, like, got... he's becoming this person, uh-huh. whether it's good or bad, <laughs> and uh, it's definitely bad. Right. <laughs> we all emulate our we try to emulate our heroes in some ways, and especially when you're young like that, you just like you're trying to find an identity, and it's like, well, I'm going to steal this guy's because he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more shellac in his hair, uh, a different posture, yeah, um, a, a real like kind of uh, I, I don't know his his face kind of shaped different somehow, like like because he's just yeah. got this look on his face like he's better than everybody. Yeah, it's, it's the way he's holding himself, mm-hmm. and I mean, pretty good physical performance from Charlie Sheen. Agreed. Yes. Um, to be able to show that transition. Right. Um, and he is... <laughs> the, the the main... The cool thing in this movie is his dad's this, like, blue-collar union guy, also played by Martin Sheen. Right. You know, his real-life dad, which is kind of strange. Like, I watched I an interview with Charlie Sheen saying, you know, the first maybe, like, two or three takes working with his dad and calling him dad as the characters was a little weird, but after that, they kind of just settled in. That's you cool. Know, which yeah. is awesome. That's mm-hmm. what, you know, pretty good actors do. I wouldn't say Charlie Sheen's the best actor, but I mean Martin Sheen's phenomenal. <laughs> At this time, Charlie really was—he was serious about it, and yeah, like he—I I think he's good in this. And like for a for a guy as young as he was, I think he was like twenty when he was in Platoon. Yeah. So like this is the year after, and and for a, someone that young to be headlining two like serious movies that were directed by a serious director, it's right. like so rare and. I guess it, it's weird for for a young actor to not only be with someone who's like that season, but when it's your actual father, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, that that must have been kind of strange to 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 go to go through. Yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but I think they have a good interaction in this movie and yeah, the dynamic that's set up with Bud wanting to go down this like Gordon Gecko route, just destroy all these workers and stuff to, for your own financial gain. Like, <laughs> that doesn't sit well with his dad, right? Who's, who's a guy like he's out there? He's a grease monkey, you know. <laughs> Working on these airplanes and stuff, and he's you know the union leader and uh-huh. all this stuff. Like m- the money doesn't have any effect on him. Right. He just wants to do the right thing. Yeah. I think uh, Charlie Sheen even tells him like, "You're the only honest man I know." <laughs> <laughs> Would you need some new friends, Bud Fox? <laughs> I know. That's for sure. Absolutely. And you know, it's it's weird too because like. Um, Throughout this movie, I, I think that there's there's many father figures that Oliver Stone sets up. Obviously, there there's uh, Bud's actual father, uh, Martin Sheen, um, and then you have Gordon Gecko um, as the the you know the other the other right. polar opposite. But then even in the office, there's like Hal Holbrook's character. I loved his character. Yeah, um, he- just this guy who's like he's not he's probably not pro labor. You know, like Martin Sheen, um, but he is like a decent conservative man. Yeah, and you know? he's up there telling him, like, you know, there's no shortcuts. You know, right? Just do an, do honest work; it'll come. Yeah. You know, he's not trying to tell you the fast lane, the shortcut. Exactly. You got to work. Yes. 
You got you got to yeah you got to put your time in and like when he's you know he says quick buck artists and everything like that he just he's trying to warn Bud away from like listening to people like Gordon Gecko yeah and because he knows that that the only way to get as rich as Gordon is to is to do the wrong thing yeah you know? right and and Hal Holbrook he says stick to the fundamentals yeah. something good or sometimes good things take time yep yeah there's no fast road to this and I don't think Bud is intentionally trying to. He doesn't want to be this kind of corrupt snake. He doesn't. But no. he wants the power and the recognition and the money that comes with that kind of thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And and you're right. He he definitely doesn't see himself as being a bad person. And he mm-hmm. he he. But yeah, he, he wants the things that you have to be a bad person to get. Which I mean, he's so naive here, which I mean, that's a huge part of the character. I mean, yeah. that's what Gecko latches on to. He's like, I can mold this guy like play-doh yep mm-hmm. um because he can't see that far into things he just sees gecko as a super successful businessman right um not this guy who's like metaphorically cutting throats yeah exactly exactly <laughs> and you know gordon um in the worst way the world we know like the reason this movie hits as, as hard as it does is because our, our world is fueled and and you know like by people like gordon gecko yeah. Um they run everything and they're kind of untouchable. Yeah. They've gotten to the point where they have they've amassed so much power and wealth that there's just no bringing them down. I mean, nothing will stop them. And that's what he, he blatantly even says that basically verbatim like yeah. dude, the 1% own over 50% of the nation's wealth, which it's probably even worse it's, now. It's way worse yeah. now. Yeah. But uh even back then in the late 80s, that's right. what he's talking about. I mean, this movie is all about these like high flying, like capitalist, like son of a bitch Wall Street <laughs> businessmen, you know? Yes, exactly. Like it's so good. I, I, I love how <laughs> I love seeing that world. I know, me I do too. <laughs> I and I, I like that that I mean when they shoot on the on the New York Stock Exchange. Yeah. When there's real footage of the real people. Oh, I love the stock exchange in the eighties. Like it looks so exciting. Like that <laughs> I, I don't think it's really like that. I mean, it can get crazy, I'm sure. I mean, yeah. But I don't think it's guys, like, standing there yelling at each other constantly, papers flying everywhere. I think it is. Is it really yeah. like that? I, I mean, I mean from, nowadays, from it's From all the footage not. that was not in the Wall, in Wall Street, I've seen, because I've just seen, like, you know, stock footage of it. Okay. It's kind of like this, because it's... And, and I would be having a heart attack every day. How could you even understand what's happening? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know what the words... Even are. when Gecko's, like, talking about it, I'm like, what is he doing? He's I want, like, I need 18.3, but go up to 8th or something. I'm like, what are you saying? I want 45 <laughs> July 50 calls. Yeah. What is the, the fuck do you... What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? I think that equals, like, a, like $10 or something. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's so dumb. Because on the, on the stock exchange, those guys are, are are doing what they're doing, yelling at each other. Yeah, and they're like flashing like sign language at yes, each other, yes. stuff like that. Like and they, three and fingers circle, three fingers one. And that means what? something. Yeah, it's and, code. And am, amongst <laughs> thousands of guys and, and just people. And uh, somehow he sees that one person doing that one thing. Right, you make eye contact with someone like like you just ran into a Pokemon trainer. <laughs> and now you got to do battle. <laughs> right. It's like, exactly. they, they, and they know what's happening. Yeah. It's so weird. I mean, the, the guy with the mustache runs up to the main guy with the bow tie, and, yeah. and he's like, what do you want to do, Mike? And he goes, I need to buy some stock. I'll sell you 2000 You know, I, yeah. I, the mustache and bow tie interactions I know. are pretty intense in this movie. <laughs> yes, they really are, exactly. And with, with all that chaos going on, it's also in, in 
the office that Bud works in, right? Uh, yeah. The Jackson Stein and the firm. It's going on there too. Papers flying around, like like junk food everywhere. No one takes a lunch break. It's all just like you know they get, they're eating a hot dog when like bites of a hot dog when they can spare it. Right. They, they're um, so busy. They're like on the phone and then also talking about like what they're going to do this weekend. Yes. At the same time. Oh, I know exactly. <laughs> they they try to socialize in the in the just like the 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 microseconds that they have a free minute. Yeah, you know? dude. Like John C. McGinley's got it down. <laughs> Like <laughs> talking about the Knicks, he's got and the chicks. Knicks and chicks, man. <laughs> Which I wish I was working with someone. He's like, "Hey, we're gonna go to the Blues game. Then we're gonna go out to the bar. You want to go? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, let's go." And he's got the hookup. Yeah, yeah I'm I mean, like, "All right, yeah. I'm down." Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> I'd be so tempted, dude. <laughs> I guess he's kind. Of, it's so weird too to like. Because, I mean, this is just one year after Platoon. Uh-huh. And to see McGinley and Charlie Sheen together again, like, in a completely different relationship. I know. You and, know. and I found it weird, too, because, like, Daryl Hannah and Sean Young are both in this. And right. they were in Blade Runner together. So, I mean, <laughs> it's not right. uncommon That's for right. actors to cross paths yeah. multiple times. But I just found it so weird, all these connections I, I saw. Know. Yeah. And, and with McGinley, too, because he's an Oliver Stone favorite. He'd been yeah. in talk radio also. Uh-huh. And yeah, so it's just, he's always going to be around. But, like, yeah, just, just to the... I, I guess I think with with I didn't even think about Daryl Hannah and Sean Young being in Blade Runner together. That's another connection. That's, yeah, that's awesome. a deep cut right yes. there. <laughs> um, what do you think of Daryl Hannah in this movie? Um, okay, so it's it's a difficult thing uh-huh. because um, unfortunately, I know I, I heard some of the behind the scenes stuff that was going on. Okay, um, but even before that, just just without you know, wait, what happened that behind in, the scenes? Well, was she, she doing she, stuff? Or? She didn't want the role. Okay. Like, she didn't like the person. She didn't like Darian. Yeah, Darian sucks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and she found her values terrible, and it went against everything that she, you know, holds, you know. Yeah. And I guess because it went against her personal morals, uh, she she her heart wasn't in it, and I think yeah. it shows on screen. I do, too. I feel like it's not a great performance. Right. Um, Knowing that now, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Because... You have to put yourself into that character's mindset in the shoes of that person. Yes. You can't just kind of wing it. And it does seem kind of like she winged it a bit. It seems very workmanlike yeah. in, in everything she does. And and she's just sort of like we've talked about before, like hitting her marks and everything. And, yeah. and like uh, some of her readings are, are wooden and... and yeah, I think that's the best way to say it. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like she has no emotion right. like, behind anything she's saying or conviction on anything. Like, even when she's breaking up with bud fox that's like a it's kind of like i know it feels like it doesn't matter oh i know it's there's, almost there's not a if, lot of stakes yeah there's no stakes there at all like the the and the, the in the breakup scene charlie sheen is is like serious like massively emotional and, he, and he's throwing things and he's uh-huh. yelling and her reactions to it is is kind of i mean it's not really appropriate you know it it, it doesn't feel like they're acting in the same scene right and i mean it it's that or like really the character never was invested in him, but that's not what the dialogue says. Exactly. So it, it's, a, it's a mismatch there between the performance and the script. Right. So, but and, yeah. And unfortunately also there was a, there was a conflict where I guess Sean Young wanted the part of Darianne and she was like the, the, the other finalist for it. That and she would have been good. And she would have like Oliver yeah. Stone himself said, you know, Sean Young would have, would have absolutely nailed it. But like, um, she unfortunately, like in front of Daryl Hannah, like lobbied for the part, even after it was the decision was made. And, okay. she, and she was always talking about like, I would have done this and blah, blah, blah. And like, it, it was really uncomfortable oh, on the dude. set. And 
that sucks. <laughs> that really sucks. I didn't know we'd go this deep on that. Yes. Holy cow. Right. Yeah. And I, I was researching the movie. Daryl Hannah got a, a Razzie for this. Yeah. So, I mean, the Razzies suck. Yeah, the Razzies. I mean, fuck the Razzies. Um, but, yeah. But it, it really wasn't that great a performance. I know. But, and, and yeah. I mean, I just... It's unfortunate because, like, I've, I've seen Daryl Hannah... We've all seen Daryl Hannah on a bunch of other things. She's always been so good at everything. Mm-hmm. And this one is just this weird blip that's like... I'm not sure... I, I wish maybe she wouldn't have taken the role. If, if she felt that strongly about the character not yeah. being, you know... I mean, she she could pull movies at this point in her career, yeah. right? Like, she didn't need this. That's true. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, she was a star. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. good point. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of performances, uh, Michael Douglas oh, man. on the other spectrum. Yep. Oscar-winning Oscar performance. Yeah. Um, often talked about in best villains of all time yeah. conversations. Uh, Gordon Gecko, he turns this guy into something we feel like we want to be and we don't even want to go close to. Of course. Yeah, it's an unbelievable f- performance. He's not a method actor, but he what what he but he always tries to with with every character he plays is like, you know, I mean not just to get into the head of the of the character, but also to he he has financial acumen himself, Michael yeah. Douglas does. Yeah. And so that that helped him to like all all that stuff we were talking about that that um impenetrable dialogue about trading stocks that we, we yeah, just, we just yeah. don't understand. He does understand it. Apparently he knows what all that shit is. And like, it helped to, to bring life okay. to the character. Yeah. Um, he can talk about it, not only like technically, but casually. Well, this, there's the scene when Bud first gets in his office, you know, he's bringing him cigars on his birthday right. and stuff. And he's finally getting through to Gecko, you know, the, the <laughs> elephant he's been after this yes. whole time. And Gecko's kind of just on the phone but also talking to the other people in the room and then talking to Bud Fox for a second, picks up another phone call, completely starts up another conversation, then gets another phone call, picking up the other conversation he had, then goes straight to Bud. And it's also seamless. I know. <laughs> and it's not, it, it, it feels like Gecko is on top of all 10 of these things he's doing at yeah. the same time. Yeah. And he's fully invested in all 10 of them at the same time. That's hard to, to show. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, like, because, yeah, like you said, all 10 items get his full attention. Mm-hmm. And so when he's paying attention to Josh Mostel, that's that. That's, it's just him. You know, it's it's Ollie. Yeah. It's Ollie that, that, that he gets my attention. Then it's back to Bud Fox. Then it's back to whoever the hell was on the phone. Then it's the guy he tells, he says, lunch is for wimps. Mm-hmm. And then it's uh, Natalie, the, 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 the receptionist. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he says later on in the movie, you know, rich enough to have your own jet, rich enough not to waste time, Gordon doesn't waste time. He really like if if when something's over, it's over, it's done. Like I'm I'm through with this. Yep. He tells Bud at the end, you know, okay, I'll see you later. You're out. You know, and and that when and then like later when they're in the limousine, when when Bud doesn't want to like spy on Larry Wildman. Yeah. That's it. He tells the driver to stop, and Bud's out of the limo. Right. Like, Mind if I drop you off here? Yeah. You He's know, done. It's it's over. Let's move. Right. Moving on. I'm not wasting any time. And then, um, you know, he taps on the window and says, you got me. Yep. 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 <laughs> exactly. And then, then he's tailing Terrence Stamp around the city, <laughs> which is a little weird. <laughs> he's on this motorcycle 
like, with the helmet and stuff all around. <laughs> like, Terrence Stamp seems like the kind of guy who would have noticed this. I and mean, maybe he did, but he doesn't say anything about it. Yeah, he, he. I think he knows by the end he's picked up a tail, but but I don't know if he, like, he might not know uh, this guy must work for Gordon Gecko. Right, so when, when he, uh, what's his character's name? Larry uh, Wildman. Larry Wildman. Okay, so when he goes to Gecko's house to be like, confront him about what's happening with his stock now yes um with what, what is it endicott uh, steel endicott steel oh yeah blue horseshoe loves endicott steel <laughs> um um the i it, he it almost seems like he recognizes bud a little bit but he doesn't oh yeah there's that moment of recognition like it's yeah. a brief fraction of a second yes so which is a great note that terrence stamp puts there right i mean he's a phenomenal actor he's always been so yes um but that's a great scene yeah. when you really kind of start to see the layers of the onion peel back. You know, <laughs> you see Gecko's kind of manipulation showing a little more. And it's all revenge for something that happened like 10 years prior. Yeah. Um, where like Larry had had had, you know, had done something to like take a job out from under him. And so what Gordon had done was like had Bud spy on Larry to mm-hmm. find out where he's going. And through all the through all the you know espionage, he figures out that he's buying Endicott Steel, mm-hmm. and so he starts buying all the shares, you know, with yep. uh, with off through offshore accounts, and um, and he knows that Larry's going to have to take his he's going to have to buy back his shares, so now it's going to be you know like he's going to be able to drive up the price, and it's all Gordon is doing this like buying and selling people's lives essentially just for the sport of it. Yeah, he has no reason to do this. Yeah. Other than just he has a rivalry with a fellow corporate raider. Yeah. Um, and for, for you know, at at some point during the conversation, Larry says, "No, it's not a liquidation. I'm going to turn it around." Well, isn't that generous of you, Larry? I right. Mean, yeah. You know, like right. so. So this time you're not going to ruin anybody's <laughs> life. Sure. He's only going to fire half that many people. I mean, for yeah. fuck's sake! How are you going to turn it around? Well, we're going to cut the head count down. It's yeah. just like I mean, ah, oh, god damn it! Yeah. I mean. And if these guys, uh, oh, you know, what does it want me to just get into with the let's, blue star thing? Let's do it. Yeah. So yeah. eventually this, this whole thing, like after Bud uh, becomes, you know, Gordon's man, uh, he suggests that Gordon buy Blue Star Airlines, which is where Martin Sheen works. Yeah. He's the head of the... Uh, His the, dad's the head of the union right. there at the airport. Yes. Yeah, the airline. The airline. And what they're... What they're proposing to do, um, like Martin Sheen and the other two union heads of like the flight attendants and the uh, and the pilots, they come over to Bud's, you know, swank Manhattan place. Yeah. And they're going to have this meeting where, you know, Gordon's going to lay out the terms. And essentially, it's going to be like he promises that, you know, when once the airline becomes profitable, you're going to have a profit sharing and savings plan. And, you know, you're going to own part of the company. Right. And we'll move the pay back up. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's promises, the, and, promises, promises. And that part right there about the pay that he's asking for 20 percent pay cuts across the board to begin with. You the fucking balls. That's a lot on on a guy who has 50 to 100 million dollars, according to him. Mm hmm. If, if you were really being generous and you really cared about people, you know, like people's well-being, you would fund it yourself, like at the beginning. Okay, so mm-hmm. it's not profitable right now. What do we have to do? I'm going to get in my pocket and put, because I can easily afford it. If we're, yeah. So we're $2 million in the red, I'm going to put some of my personal fortune in there. But that's not what these fucking guys do. Right. They, 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 I will, they'll borrow it from somebody else or they'll ask you. I mean, 
Oh yep. my God! Rich people asking for Jane my money. All riled I'm up, sorry. Folks. You know, I, 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 just, I can't, I can't imagine it. Like every time I watch this movie or I see <laughs> stuff in the news, I'm, I'm, I'm still amazed by billionaires and their, and their balls. I, I they're, it, uh, but they're such philanthropists. Oh, of quote, course, unquote, of course. I'm doing air quotes, people. Yes. <laughs> I mean, they, they have our well-being. At, yeah, all, the, all they care about is, is, oh, I mean. And 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 that anyone <laughs> believes them, and and yeah. you know, at, at first when when you see Martin Sheen's reaction in the meeting, you know, maybe he's a little inconsiderate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, but he, it's deserved. He, he kind of sees what's happening. Right? He sees right, right through right it. at the beginning. He's like, "I didn't know your lawyer was going to be here." Yeah. <laughs> right. What did he right. say exactly? Like, I thought this was a casual yeah get together or something. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And so, Gordon's lawyer. Is he there. knows right away he what's sees, happening. Exactly. He says Gordon right Gecko's there with his lawyer. You're fucked. Yep, exactly. Yeah. He he knows. Yeah. It's probably not the first time this has happened. Um, yeah. Someone has, because it, it's, I mean, a, a, a small airline, it's probably, it's it's ripe for someone like Gordon to come in and just strip it for parts. Yeah. Like, because that's, that's what they, they did back then and they're still doing with private equity today. Mm-hmm. You you find, you know, like assets, that are, they're, you find small businesses and you just, just eat through it like a termite. Oh, man. And so this this scene here, I think, is Martin Sheen's best performance in the movie too. Okay, yeah. Like he, I mean, he's just great throughout the whole thing. Right. But uh, com- it, it's Michael Douglas at the top, and then Martin Sheen's just below him. Yes, I think, as far course. as performances go in this film. Right. Uh, but I mean, he's sitting there on the couch, and all the other union heads are kind of like, "Well, it sounds good, but you know, we got to think about it, or yeah, or look into the details and stuff." And Martin Sheen's just. He says some proverb about Egypt or there came into like Egypt that. a pharaoh who did not know. Right. And uh, Gordon Gecko asked him, like, what does that mean or whatever? And he's like, it means, I don't know, you're bullshit. Basically, yeah, is what he <laughs> pretty says. much. And he, with one hand, crumbles up the, the paper in his Wads hand. Wads up the contract. Oh, man, just in one hand. Yeah. And he's like, it means you suck. Like, <laughs> I'm not doing this. <laughs> and he gets up and storms out, you know. And um, it, at some point they, they were talking about like the how how this would all go and Bud was going to be pro, the new president oh and CEO God, yeah. of Blue Star and Martin Sheen rightly says so yeah Bud worked as a baggage handler three summers so I guess that makes him qualified to be president yeah right <laughs> fucking a right <laughs> you know yes exactly <laughs> um and he I guess he does become president because he's yeah. in in like he finds out about it like yeah they tell him like hey you're gonna be the the shortest tenured president in history or whatever <laughs> right and i always found it funny like okay so now he's the ceo of an airline but he's also working at the firm still it's <laughs> so <laughs> nuts <laughs> like cold calling people yeah, yeah exactly exactly <laughs> and he's he's also like the he's also the president of that that uh like office cleaning company yeah because he 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 took that that eight hundred grand in Hong Kong gold that Gordon gave so him. So is that what happened? He bought that company. He, he bought that company. Okay, I didn't know what happened there. I thought he just like got a job. You know, uh, like no. he, went, he went back up to Joe Spinell. <laughs> no, and, like, got a job. No. Okay, he, so he was the owner because like, okay. when he walked into that guy's office, he, he said, yeah. "You know, what would you say to some working capital and a partner?" Okay, gotcha. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he, you know, like used that as a springboard yeah. to go in. That and, like and, flew over my head. Uh, that's okay. fine. I mean, I, I I noticed it on my like sixth watch. Okay. But yeah, he's he's now in James Spader's dad's office or whatever. Uh-huh. Like like. With that, uh, with that, like Star Wars scanner device. I know what the fuck. 
fuck, dude? He's like holding up. It looks like the thing when you get an ultrasound and you rub the jelly on your belly and it like right. scans the baby. Like that. That's what he's rubbing on these like documents. And it's doing a printout. It's also. spitting out like a receipt with yeah. all the words on it. It's it, it, he's doing this with a phaser. I don't know what it, what, what this it's is. Pretty awesome. I, it's a great device. It, it looks good even today. Yes. Yes. Uh, but. <laughs> That is really funny, that thing. <laughs> I, I took a note immediately. I was like, what the fuck is this thing? I've the never, 80s were awesome. I know, exactly, right? And, and you know what the thing is? I'm I've surprised. never seen that device since. I've Me never neither. seen it. Like, I've seen the giant cell phones right, and all right. that. But, like, yeah, I've never seen this in anything else. <laughs> this was some weird, like, scrapped Motorola project or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Can we jump back to that, that scene still? Yeah. When Martin... Uh, Martin Sheen storms out. Yes. I almost called him Martin, Martin Storm, which is an Martin awesome Storm, name, by the way. Right? Oh, my um, God. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> he storms out. Uh, Bud goes after him, tries to... I guess he's trying to talk some sense into him, but he's just being mean to him. Yeah. He's saying, you know, you've you've never understood me or anything like that, and you're a horrible dad. Well, he doesn't say it word for word, but... What does he say to him? He says something about like you know you were never brave to go out, brave enough to go out and stake your own claim. Yes, right. Calling him just basically talking down to him, yeah, thinking like he's, he's better. Small than time, him. yeah, yeah. And Martin Sheen's like, well, if that's how you feel, I must have been a horrible dad. Yep, I must have done a really terrible job as a father. Yeah, um, and, yeah. And the camera in this scene is great. Yeah. Um, it basically follows them into the elevator, and it's a dark elevator. It's really like almost they're in. Surrounded by blackness, and it's just the two characters. Right. And the camera, the care, the camera is panning left and right between the two of them, like really close up to them. Yes. And they're just spitting this like vial at each other. <laughs> it, it's awesome. Right. Uh, to watch, I I think this must have been the most challenging for Charlie Sheen. Yeah. To 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 have this kind of scene with with another actor who's also your father. Yes. And to say those words to your father. Um. You know, maybe there is, maybe there was even some truth in in what he was saying, like to to what possibly. they were saying to each other. Yeah, possibly. You know, at one point, this is more behind the scenes stuff that I that I found out about was that like at the time there there was kind of a strained relationship between the two. Really, not not horrible, but like I guess Martin had sent um, Charlie a letter that was like, um, not. I mean, pretty much, I'm I'm disappointed in the way you're behaving. You know, because he was spending his yeah. money unwisely and such, and that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, Charlie Sheen was getting a little nuts in the '80s. Yes. Yeah. And also, apparently, Martin uh, Martin Sheen is a, I guess, kind of a pain in the ass as an actor. Yeah. Um, according to Oliver Stone, um, and according to himself, he he okay. even like admitted that that um he went off script a couple of times, and um, like. Oliver would always have to bring him back and say, uh, no, that's not the line, you know, and, and like Martin would kind of, uh, almost try to strong arm him and go, you know, look, I'm the boy's father. I know what such a, you know, and it was yeah. like, it was like, it was the foxes, okay. you know, but, um, eventually he did toe the line, but like that, that, all that tension was simmering and yeah. kind of hanging over the scene when they shot it. Um, and I, there was one concession that Oliver made, um, in that, you know, when, when Martin says, uh, you know, uh, something about uh, never judge the man by the size of his wallet. You yeah. Know, when he hits that wallet thing, yeah. he wanted that wasn't in the script. That 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 like, uh -huh. but he wanted to put that in there because it was a tribute to George C. Scott, which was his his idol. Okay. In in the Hustler, he says, you know, you owe me money, and he wanted he always wanted to say something like that in a movie. So Oliver Stone 
you know, okay. said, okay, That's go ahead. Cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> just like, I've always wanted to do this. Yes. <laughs> Let me do it. <laughs> right. Um, and it worked. Yeah. It's effective. It's very good. Right. So, yeah. I guess it's a good call on Oliver Stone's part yeah. there. And I like, too, the way it spills out into the street. Yeah. You know, because it goes from the elevator, like where you said, where they where they framed it a certain way, and it's going back and forth, and uh-huh. you know, uh, giving each character its own like focus. And then when they go out into the street, it's it's framed differently, of course. And you know, when you watch the the people in the background, there's a doorman and like a some people coming back, you know, from yeah. dinner. They're watching um, Charlie Sheen and Martin Sheen kind of argue, and they stop and like look. And uh, I don't know if it was real people. Yeah, you know, if if they just like, I mean, I'm sure it was a closed set, but I mean, like they they must have been actors, but it it almost feels like it was just bystanders who were like, "Hey, what's going on?" Oh yeah, you know? that's I didn't notice that. Yeah, okay, that's awesome. And then when they come out there, it's raining, of course. Yes, so the movie does use a lot of symbolism with that. Like whenever it's raining, you know, it's you know not good times. Yes, or there's light and dark in different scenes, especially when it's almost like a transition in character is happening. Um, oh yeah, like yeah. when Charlie or Bud Fox like starts to really go into things like the light lights up on them and stuff like it gets overexposed oh you're right okay. yeah yeah or then like when um things are going bad like the it gets dark on the characters the mm-hmm. light gets really dark so <laughs> right. i mean some might argue that's kind of like too on the nose uh as far as symbolism goes yeah but it's not subtle symbolism. it's not subtle right but i liked it yeah it's I, a nice little effective touch and and the even even with with symbolism that kind of hits you over the head um it, it's it's probably not something that you it's still not something you'd notice like on your first viewing it takes mm-hmm. a little while for that kind of stuff to sink in so it's still okay yeah i agree too mm-hmm. um one thing about uh gordon gecko so like it just seems like he's cutthroat no matter what yeah um but there's the aspect of his character where he's Apparently, according to uh, Darian, Daryl Hannah's character, he's like one of the finest art connoisseurs in the world. Right. Um, so do you think he actually appreciates the art or it's just it's the money? Well, so I, I think I think there is a, a, a piece of him that appreciates it because after the after they first go to after the, the meeting with with uh, Larry Wildman, it's the next morning and Gordon calls Bud from the beach uh-huh. and he's um. He just like out of nowhere starts appreciating the beauty of the sunrise. That's what I was getting at. Oh, okay, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, does he really appreciate it? Like, I don't. It's it hard. seems so out of character. I know. That, that yeah, it moment. does. It does because it's the only time you see any kind of humanity from him that way. Dude, my that's what my note says. Okay, does he actually <laughs> have humanity? All right, that's insane. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. So, is that true, or is he still like playing? Playing with Bud here. Um, I don't so know. So I, I, th- I think he's sincere in that moment. Okay, but like, but the it's still though, he's calling Bud on presumably a Saturday morning. Yeah, and he says money never sleeps. You know, obviously yeah, a very famous, famous line. line. Mm-hmm. Um, but he lives his life that way. He's going to be working. He he's he's got a hundred million dollars and only thinks about his work. Yeah, he's not wasting time. No. No. And and it's all just uh, it's it's when you get to that level in life of that kind of wealth it truly does become a game to you now. The the only thing that you're in it for is the juice. Yeah. And that's what's so sick about it of course because the rest of us are out trying to just live our lives. Yeah. And struggling to even get by with basic human essentials. Right. And you have these other people who have everything and it's still not enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um do you think Gecko is like 
like so he kind of like is grooming bud you right. know like do you think he's getting pleasure out of grooming him like you know he he's grooming his uh number two guy he's yeah. getting his darth vader ready you yeah know? exactly like, <laughs> <laughs> or or is it more like he's playing this long game to get that airline profits well i think he is i think he is grooming bud to be his number two um in a sincere mentor protege kind of way only because like he said at the club that time most of these harvard mbas don't add up to dog shit yeah give me uh guys who are who are poor and hungry you know he says himself he says i'm a city college boy you know and he talks about how his dad was a he was an electrical supply salesman yeah um and he doesn't want he doesn't want Patrick Bateman. He wants Bud Fox. Yeah. You know, he, he wants guys who, who are just smart, who who understand finance, but aren't but who maybe don't come from wealth. Uh-huh. Because I guess that that's what that's that's a good motivator. If you don't have it, you're gonna do everything you can to, to get it. Right, yeah. Um and when he sees Bud, he's like, Oh my god, that's me. Um, you know, and eventually he's because he's a user of people, he eventually does use Bud. Yeah. You know. It's and and he probably thinks that, that Bud's not gonna be upset about it. Or that he can just win Bud's love back just by, you know, like promise keeping him which, in the fold. Which happens a couple times in the movie. Yes. Like, he does something to him and it's like, well, if Bud was smart, he'd get out of this. Exactly. Right now. Exactly. But he keeps coming back. He's the, the ultimate temptress right here. He, <laughs> he is the devil himself. I know. You're right. You're right. Because he, he, he has no qualms about carrying on with Darian behind Bud's back, too. Right. Um, and he, she, he even says to her, like, have he, Gordon says to Darian, have you told him about us? Yeah. Have I what? She's like, no, don't tell him. Right. Because, because I care about him. Exactly. I'm falling for him. Right. I'm having a relationship with this man. Yep. Yeah. And, but that's not. And their relationship's one where I guess it's purely just like a sexual relationship. I, 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 I take it too that like he probably, I mean, like she says that he gave her her start like he gave her her list of clients and all that stuff and yeah. so and, and i'm sure that there was i mean obviously sex was involved yeah. i mean they, they were probably you know like they were having an affair and you know he finds out that she's an interior decorator oh well let me help you out so i guess she's kind of she was like a bud fox but yeah she's completely bought in yeah oh like yeah she's exactly. not trying to get out nope like she is 100 committed to this yep and that's what she wants and when she finds out that bud's not going to be totally down for whatever gordon is let is dishing out well i got to that, cut, I gotta cut. go. Exactly. I love you, and I wish this would work. I gotta go. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Oh poor Daryl Hannah. I... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> um. So Bud gets a plan to really stick it to Gecko. Every yeah. finds out that they're actually gonna liquidate the air airline and get rid of all the jobs and right. everything um he goes back to terrence stamp and says hey you want to fuck gordon gecko over <laughs> and he's like oh yeah <laughs> he grabs the union heads they go to his office and offer him this you know plan right and he's like i'm i'm listening i'm still listening smoking that cigar yeah <sighs> you know and and this is the last time I'll start screaming about rich people, everybody. But okay. I, 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 I just got to get it out there. It's, <laughs> it's, it's still the, the only thing that's wrong with this particular scene, and it's not a problem with the scene. It's just my own interpretation of it. Is that like Larry, Larry is being offered a chance to like, like uh, Bud says to to leave Gordon Gecko out in the wind to twist, mm-hmm. and 
he's according he's 10 times richer than gordon gecko we mm-hmm. find out he yeah. tells him so I, I could buy you may I, I could break you over my knee in two pieces yeah i could do it just to spite you exactly the money's nothing to me that's a drop and you know what he asks for from these people who make 40 grand a year if that pay cuts 20 percent. it's the same plan for as before fuck's sake <laughs> I mean, if this guy can can buy and sell Gordon Gecko, why wouldn't he just buy the? I mean, just just okay. I'm asking you to do this. I mean, uh, I, I, I I'm I'm just I'm stunned at at the at the at the hubris of of people sometimes wh- who have money and who not only expect us to <laughs> who expect us to make concessions. Uh-huh. It's 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 incredible. <laughs> but yeah, here we go. Let's carry on with the film. Yeah. <laughs> so that happens, and Gecko, you know, has to eat it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. He's losing money. He and he's and, it, and the, on the day that this happens, all this deal is going down. Like like Bud is using his his connections that he's made through Gordon to fuck Gordon over. He calls the the Wall Street Journal and says Blue Horseshoe loves Blue Star Airlines, mm-hmm. and that gets the, the guy who looks like Hunter S. Thompson yeah. un- answers the phone and talks to the curly haired guy, and now the game is afoot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and it, it's hard for me to completely follow like all the thi- all the intricacies of this plan, like like yeah. how Gordon is getting screwed by this. But apparently, it's driving up the price of the stock, and then they're going to dump it, and then and then that drops the price. Yes, and then Gecko is forced to sell at a loss. Yes, I guess. exactly. And then when it's that low again, and all the shares are out there, Terrence Stamp is buying it all up. <sighs> That's right. That's at a right. low price. Yes. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Oh, it, it's so an they're, awesome they're plan. gaming the market. Of course. Or, I don't know what you call it. Are they, they got, I mean, it's insider trading again, right? Yeah. They're using it against him. Correct. And, and, and such but it's a, okay. Well, <laughs> cause we're the good guys. <laughs> right, exactly. I, know. I know. And, and I mean, I, d- d- does Bud know throughout this day what's coming? D- does he know that like that that, uh, the sec would, would definitely see this. I mean, this is unusual activity. Uh, no, I, I think he's ignorant to all that. Okay. But he's got to know, right? I mean, he's obviously educated. He has student loans. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. He knows. And he even says earlier, like, I can't do that. It's illegal. Yeah. You know, he knows this is illegal and he should know that this is going to be figured out right. by the SEC. I mean, su- such blatant manipulation of the market is, yeah. is like, it's going to set off everything. And throughout the movie, you'd start to see a couple scenes with like stock tracker or something. It's stock called. watch. Stock Stockwatch. Yeah. Yeah. I, is that what it was really called? I don't stock know. Watch? Uh, like I said, I said Wall Street Journal earlier. It's like stock cops. I know. I know. <laughs> it's, it's it's apparently like like Stockwatch might be made up because the Wall Street that at some point they, they mentioned the Wall Street Chronicle. OK. Because the Wall Street Journal yeah. refused to, to participate in the film. Okay. So Stockwatch might be the, some, you know, made up yeah, version yeah. of the real thing. Right. Which which is. I don't like that. You know, that that's that really sucks, but whatever. I think it's funny, man. The <laughs> stock watch. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah, he he does it seems to unfaze him that there's a possibility of yeah. this happening. And dude, even when all right, so when Gecko and his lawyer give you power of attorney, you're not skeptical at all on that either. Oh my like God. dude, that's his trump card on you. You're I know. that's the I didn't do it, he did it. Right. Like, come on, dude, you know better. He's so tempted by all this stuff that he just is blind to it. And and you know he's not the only one because mm-hmm. James Spader goes along with Bud Fox's. Oh god, I you felt know so bad for James Spader. Hey, I'm gonna you let, let me use your bank account like what's a Nigerian prince. Moi? Yeah, what's in it for moi? You fucking idiot! You're a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, obviously there's some shitty there's some shady shit going down. Yeah. I was in uh uh like a web conference where they had a uh a guy who got arrested for insider trading on it. Okay. It was interesting hearing about his story. And I mean, it is so easy to get wrapped up into this stuff. Like <laughs> You think you might be helping out a friend or oh, something yeah. like, and yeah. it turns out they're doing something way worse than you expected. Like, <laughs> um, so I can see how easy it is to get wrapped up into it. But I mean, if you know about it, like that's on you, you're, you gotta be aware of this and you know what you're doing. Yeah, you do. Right. So I guess, you know, after all this goes down, he gets arrested in his office and taken out in front of everyone in cuffs and he's kind of crying. Full on crying. perp walk. Yeah. And, um, in in this moment, in in this scene, apparently Charlie Sheen, you to to get the crying going, he thought about the letter that Martin Sheen had sent him. Really, and this that's what that's what brought the tears on. Okay, that's how he that's what he used, um, which is a pretty cool thing because it looks really sincere. It does, you know, and it's it's that shame. Oh crying. yeah, oh yeah, because I mean, like, imagine. Uh, I can't imagine being let out of in front of all my colleagues, you know, in, in cuffs like this. I mean, you know, right. And it's, everyone there seems to like, like them and they yeah. look up to them. Right. And now this is happening to you in front of everyone. Ooh, right. That's, that's gotta be tough to take. Except for that asshole boss Lynch who says, you know, like, oh, I who, hate that guy. Earlier in the movie, he, he, he was like, oh man, God, I, I knew you were going places. I knew, yeah, I, yeah. I knew you had what it takes. Yeah. And then at the end, when, when the SEC shows up, I knew you were shit from the moment I saw you. Asshole. Man. The, the moment I laid eyes on you, I <laughs> knew you were no good. <laughs> oh, Fuck that guy. Dick. Fuck that guy. <laughs> I know. But yeah. <laughs> then he gets arrested, and then I guess the end of the movie's him uh, in the car with his parents driving him to the courthouse to be, be- sentenced. And and he cooperated with the authorities yeah. to get a, apparently get a lighter sentence. Yeah, I guess so they we, could nab. Gordon. Yeah, I guess we skipped over that little last part. They arrest him, but then it goes to a scene where he meets Gecko in Central Park. Yeah. in the rain, and Gecko starts just punching him and uh, going off at the mouth about like I was trying to do all this with you, and you did this to me, and we did this and that. And yeah, I hope you're not being taped by the cops <laughs> right now because I'm spilling the beans. Yeah. So it turns out he had a wire on him yeah. and he's got gecko now. He had the biggest tape recorder I've ever seen strapped to his chest. Yeah, it's probably that same thing he used to scan <laughs> the documents. Or it's, it's an offshoot of that. It's the size of a fucking it's the toaster. same brand. And, yeah. I mean, it's an, oh, it's Jesus. a wire slash toaster. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it, it's funny, but like, um, and and the most abrupt ending I think I've seen like because it fir- is pretty abrupt. I mean we we just we just pan to the sky and then it says the end in block letters over top of the New York skyline. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really it just comes it doesn't come out of nowhere because you know that the story's over, but it's just it's just a bizarre way to end the movie. It is, and it doesn't really bother me that much because you know what's gonna happen. Yeah. Um, I think the one thing they could have done is show. Like Gecko also getting sentenced for something. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be in the courthouse or any big scene or right. anything, but like kind of what they did with Charlie Sheen, you know, he's just walking up the steps and then pan up to the skyline sure. and end. Right. You know, maybe it could be like Gecko is, you know, pulling up in a police car and <laughs> like, 
you know, Charlie Sheen looks over at him and they yeah. make eye contact or yeah, something that, like true. that. Yeah, that's true. So that we we know that they're both a little being more punished. closure on that. Something right. like that would have been good. Because at, at, in the, on the vis- visible evidence, it looks like it looks like Bud is taking the rap for everything. Yeah, you don't. And I mean, of course, if you know the sequel, Gecko went to jail. Yes, and all that. So right. Um, and you can assume. I mean, he's got recorded on tape. He's probably going to go to jail. I mean, yeah, the, the the prosecution is starting. But you never know, because Gecko's got so much power in I this. Mean, yeah, I like, mean, like, for, for rich people to ever, like, you know, have any kind of consequence, it, it, it takes it takes a lot of doing, you yep. know? So, yeah. yeah. Um, and I guess that's the movie. I mean, is anything else you want to talk about? Um, yeah, I just... <clears> um, <throat> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, just, uh, like, we talked last week about... Um, you know how when people reference Taxi Driver, they always do the you talking to me thing? Yeah. And how that that, that kind of misses the whole point. Um, the greed is good line is referenced How did we skip by, the greed is good scene? I don't know how we did. <laughs> uh, Tell Dark Conference. I know. Yes. This is the most famous thing in the movie. It's It really is. And we, we completely... <laughs> We just missed it because we were... I, I, was, I was screaming about rich people and, and socialism. But, um, <laughs> I, you know... Uh, so yeah, the the, the Teldar paper conference, like you said, Gordon Gecko is the uh, like is the biggest shareholder in this company, Teldar Paper, and he yeah. makes this speech to the other shareholders in which he says, "Greed, for lack of a better word, is good." Yeah, greed is right. Greed works. Greed for knowledge. Greed for money. Greed for whatever. Yeah. Um, and like we said earlier, a ton of people, you know, not only do they misattribute the quote, they just say greed is good. Um, they also took completely the wrong lesson from the speech, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, he's there <laughs> touting capitalism and greed, right. how it's the finest thing in America. The free market. And it's going to save this nation and stuff yeah. like that. And what people aren't seeing is, well, not really. It's kind of destroying everyone. Right. At the same time. There's a human toll yeah. to this. Yeah. And, you know, it... it to, to watch a really rich man walk into a, a boardroom, an overstuffed boardroom, because he talks about how there's 33 vice presidents of this company. Yeah, and he's making all these great points. You're sure. like, well, yeah, there, yeah, there's all these. Why do they need that? Like you said earlier, why don't they take money out of their pocket and fix stuff? There you go. Exactly. You know, um, and it, it it's it's great to see somebody take a scythe to, you know, like a, a, a an overstuffed board of directors. You know that that's great. But it's still you. It, yeah. It's it's not it's not the people who actually you know who would go in and make changes. It's you're just going to be the same person, but it's only going to be one instead of thirty three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you're keeping everything, and we get nothing. Right. I love when he says, "I am not a destroyer of companies. I am a liberator." Oh, my ass! You. It's the way. God, the choice of words yeah. and the way you're saying things. It sounds great, <laughs> but it's not. I mean, it's the same bullshit, and it's not going to help anybody except yourself. If you're unlucky enough to have been like 22 years old when you hear this speech and you're in the audience, you know, that is going to shape you. Right. You're, you're going to be led astray by this. Yeah. You know, because you, you, hey, this guy, look, look how much money he's got, how successful he is. I'm going to do exactly what he's doing. He's right. It's the same fucking people that think like Starship Troopers was all about. Let's kill those bugs. Oh, my God. I we know. won. They, they, they don't understand that. It's, yeah. That it's propaganda. That, it, yeah. that it's like a spoof of propaganda. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I know, you take the wrong message. Yeah. Um, again, and I think Douglas's performance is what sells this so much. Right. Because he, his charisma, like, oh. it just it's oozing, and you're, you're just with this guy. <laughs> and, like, 
a, a careful watcher will see like I'm not supposed to be with this guy, but I want to be. It's the way he's saying it just sounds so great. And and it sounds like like if you follow him, you are going to prosper. Yeah. You know, because he's got all the answers. He's the most well-dressed and richest person in here. He must be right. Yeah. He's got a great suit. Um, yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, oh, man. I know. Um, I mean, I, we're kind of beating a dead horse on that. But probably That's so. what the movie's about. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I don't know if you knew this, but um, Gordon Gecko was based off of J.J. Hunsecker from Sweet Smell of Success, which I was did a know previous that. episode. I did know that. Yeah. So pretty awesome and bud fox is very much sydney falco yes definitely um i mean like just manipulating new york behind the scenes through hustle and grit yeah you know um it's it's very much like and even the themes of the movie are kind of the same i was about to say you you can see it's like it's not a clone but it's definitely paying homage to that movie totally for sure a young upstart who's like led astray by by a more powerful older person and you know and just doing whatever they can to get to that place i mean yeah it's very much the same (laughs) there's even some lines in it they're taken right from sweet smell of success really um mcginley at one point you know when he when charlie when bud fox uh, when sorry when charlie sheen tells mcginley to get the fuck out of his office when he's like you know being a real dick about Uh it Later, he comes back and apologizes, and McGinley's not having it. He goes, so go thou and sit no more. Mm-hmm. That's like that's okay. a J.J. Hunsicker line. Okay, so I guess he's... Oliver Stone obviously had to put that in the script yeah. intentionally. He must have, yeah, yeah, it must have been one of his favorite He's movies. like, this will fit in there, and the character McGinley plays probably loves that movie. Absolutely. So, of course, he's, yeah. he's going to quote that. Right. That's awesome. And we skipped over another scene, too, where, where it was one of the... One of, where we talked about like how Gordon doesn't waste time mm-hmm. when he's after the first, um, after the blue star thing where, where he invests some, he buys some shares in it and it, and it, you know, the, the mm-hmm. favorable lawsuit happens. Um, they meet at the 21 club, which is yeah. Sweet smell of success. That's exactly where yeah, we're hunting. Steak tartare. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that Gordon has already eaten. Oh yeah. He's they were like, supposed enjoy to enjoy it. Exactly. I'm, okay. I'm gone. And he I, starts glad handing everyone as he's leaving. I mean, yeah. someone asked you to meet for lunch, but you got there like five minutes later and they've already, they're already done. I mean, it's, <laughs> I don't think that was it. I think he totally <laughs> planned it this way. He might not have even eaten. I don't oh, know. I, I don't know. I, I, I think, I think it's Gordon is just that much of a, of, I mean, I, he's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm not waiting for this. Guy. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you saw like, what you, can I get the check here? For Christ's sakes. <laughs> he's really impatient about it. <laughs> and I'm not eating that steak tartare. I'm sorry. I, I don't care how, how, you know, I don't care how decadent it is. I maybe I'm just not I, I, a piece of raw beef with a raw egg on it. That doesn't look healthy. It doesn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want that. Yeah, <laughs> maybe Rambo will eat that, right. but not me. All right, Dave. I think we're good. Yep. Um, so, would you recommend this movie? Yes, I'd recommend Wall Street. Um, I, I give it four stars, and yeah, it's but this this is um one of the great performances in movie history with Michael Douglas. So yeah, everybody should check it out. Yeah, and I would recommend it too. I personally don't love the movie, but I I, I know it's a good movie. Yes. It's definitely good. Um, I'd give it three stars. Are we doing three out of five? I don't know what we're doing. Yeah, it's so the, we'll, we'll we'll do that for this episode at least. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we'll we give it a three three and a half. How about that? There, there you go. <laughs> Just for Gecko alone. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's a great movie. I mean. Everyone's got to watch this. Right. Just at least for the performance from Michael Douglas. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's a very personal movie for Oliver Stone, too, um, because he's, his father worked on Wall Street. and you Yeah, know, it's dedicated to him. Yes. Yeah. And apparently he was more of the Hal Holbrook character than, than 
yeah, he uh, was a very honest man. Yes. Yeah. All right. So that about wraps things up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the show anywhere you get your podcast, rate it, review it, and most of all, share it. That gets more dudes listening to the dudes. So you can go to dudesonmovies.com and find anything you need right there. Yeah, and we're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, just look for Dudes on Movies. And you can send us an email at dudesonmovies at gmail.com. Yep. And Dave, we have a question of the week. What is that? Yes, the question of the week is, um, what films are the best cautionary tales about being led astray by the wrong mentor? Oh, dude. Hmm. That's a heavy one. Everybody, right. <laughs> rewind. Listen to it again. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sweet smell of success. <laughs> Which go. we talked about. That's a cheat for you guys. Exactly. Um, so, you can also call our voicemail we got up again. It's 628-400-DUDE. So 628-400-3833. Give us a call. Yeah. So stay tuned next week when we do 2020's Promising Young Woman, directed by Emerald Fennel and starring Carrie Mulligan. So until next week, I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>